You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm hosting tonight uh, and I'm joined by John. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Ah, good, thanks. And I'm also joined by Alan. Alrighty. Are we going with Alan or Aldo? Whatever, you can call me whatever you want. Ball bag. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> We're one minute into the podcast and we're uh, the we ball bag. That's a good start. That's good one, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, we have Scottish Cup fifth round to talk about tonight, um, among other things. But uh, since you guys already covered off midweek... The two Johns, yeah, had an impromptu. Uh, was it a Thursday night recording? Wednesday night recording? Yeah, it was. It was Thursday. We did it to round off the the midweek games. Uh, nice wee bonus. That was. Uh, uh, unfortunately, John can't make it tonight. Uh, he has uh, still round at war. He's been uh, thanked for his information for uh, about Auckland like Talbot at the weekend. I'm not even going to ask how he's been thanked. I'm sure he's uh, is, is a very um, gracious host. <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, Laurie, um, for those that don't remember the, the podcast back in the early days, Laurie used to be on this podcast, now does the commentary for Hearts TV. So that's that's what you can aim for, Al. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> but to be fair, Alan's got a long way to go to um, emulate Gordon Sawyers. So keep up the good work, Aldo, and we'll get there. I'm getting there, slowly getting away. <laughs> Right, shall we crack on? Uh, well, we don't need to go back and talk about the, the league games because, uh, well, we can talk about the lower league games because I was, I was hoping we'd have something interesting to talk about in the lower leagues since uh, Ebner City and, and Peter Hader playing each other, but uh, as it turned out, there's nothing each draw. <laughs> yeah. And Clyde wasted the opportunity to close the gap further by losing a late goal against Annan. Uh, well, to be fair, have you seen Annan in Athletics' recent scores? They've been doing They've- quite well. So the last three games have played the three teams above them and taken nine, uh, seven to nine points. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're, they're definitely, I, mean, I think I mentioned this the other week, they're the ones to watch at the moment, I think. I don't know if they're going to close any gap or anything, but mm-hmm. if they keep that up and get to the playoffs, they could be the, the team that comes up eventually. So. Aye, well they've got a four point lead over with Sterling Albion, I see they've obviously had a bit of a climb up the league's. Uh, well, up the, not up the leagues, up the, the table, because um, they were nearly bottom at one point, and now they're, they're fifth, but yeah, they're sitting at fourth position, tucked in nicely. Aye, and uh, <laughs> I'll be nervous, just forget it. <laughs> uh, aye, <laughs> they're looking at a set for the playoff, unfortunately for them. Um, but I mean, we've seen how that playoff works out, it's only Edinburgh City have managed to come up so far, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, we say every season that we hope something something happen and our team comes up. But uh, on current form, though, Albion Rovers surely would lose a playoff, though. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you would think so, but then Cowdenbeath the last couple of seasons went into the playoffs in horrific form and still found a way. Um, but Albion Rovers look terrible just now. Aye. Uh, it's always a difference between the, the higher league and the lower league. This is why I don't like the, the Doug's chance relegation aspect of it. But um, uh, it's, we should see what happens as we go. Um, 
Elsewhere, we had one game in the Championship where Falkirk beat Alwa to claw themselves off the bottom of the table. They're now actually even above Alwa, uh, sitting eights, so they're out of leaving the playoffs. It's uh, Dunfermline are definitely looking over their shoulders at this point because they're only three ahead of Thistle. Yeah. Thistle are bottom. So. Three massive clubs. It's so tight there. You're, I mean, Martin and Queen of South, aren't they? Is that like safe? No, you wouldn't have thought. I would have thought Morton would be the more likely to still be in contention for the relegation or relegation playoff than Queen of South were. But then Queen of South do have Dobie to plug them out whole. But Queen of South are good at beating teams above them. It's below them that they're having a problem with all season. We'll talk about Queen of South a bit more later. Aye. Uh, two games in League One, Forfa beat Airdrie 2-0, Stenishmere beat Montrose 1-0, um, and it was mentioned League Two, there was uh, the draws with an athletic Clyde, Peter and the City, Queen's Park getting Wraith through as well, Stirling Albion beat Better Rangers 2-1, and Elgin City, as we said, beat yeah. Elgin Rovers 3-0. I've seen Forfa um, actually in third place and level in place with Wraith Rovers, although they've played two games more in East Fife and one more in Wraith, but still, they've put themselves in a good position. Uh, I mean, that, like, more and more, that, that's looking like uh, our both are winning that division, as we've said for months now, just about. Yeah. Uh, throw us for and East Fife are looking like the three teams that could be in the, the playoff. Montrose are six behind East Fife, haven't played two games more. It's, it's starting to look like a wee bit of a gap there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, East Fife and our team were in, in the cup duty this weekend, so uh, they'll have the, the games to make up. But I it's... Uh, it's, hot, it's heating up nicely in the in the lower weeks, but uh, let's get to the the real discussions of the weekend, the Scottish Cup. Um, we had four games on Saturday. Uh, I mean, the, the, of the three o'clock kickoffs, I suppose the one we're probably going to spend the most time talking about is London United, because mm-hmm. you know how we love to slag off a referee in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean. There's no question about the Callum Butcher red card. It's just a typical Callum Butcher challenge. Uh, if anyone remembers his first spell. Um, <laughs> listen to you with the O. We'll come on to bad challenges later. But um, I don't know how... <laughs> I don't know how... I don't know how the Paul McGinn um, gets away with just the yellow card. And this will be interesting to see, given some decisions recently, if that gets um, overturned. Because we also spoke before about the Greg Stewart, Danny McKinnon being upgraded to a red card. I wonder if that will happen, but there's been no yet. Yeah, it's yet. happened with Hams as well. The, the, who was it that tackled Azagiri? Oh, Johnson. Yes, Johnson. He got booked for the tackle on Azagiri and it has since been possibly upgraded. He's been cited at least. That was definitely um, a red card. I, I agree. I, that it was just the, the confusion as to why it can be called back given the referee dealt with at the time is, is just... Is, ongoing. Is, is the rule not to do with the fact that if the referee has seen it and made the decision, you know for something that's maybe a little bit dubious but they're maybe not fully aware of the extent of the of the tackle that was my, inter- that's the only way I can think of, is they're maybe not aware you know how they say if the referee's seen the incident you can't take action but if the referee hasn't been fully aware of just how poor the challenge was because that was, a, that was could potentially have just ended you know, as a Gary's, you know, season, um, the way he went in for that ball, and I'm not sure if maybe that's maybe that's what it's to do with, because I can't think of any other logical reason why they pick and choose which ones to to look at and which ones not to. Yeah. It could be. I mean, I wrote a blog for Hail Hail Media at the weekend, and I was moaning about it, and somebody replied to that saying that they think it's because he, uh, you can go back and do something about it if the 
person that's on the receiver end is injured. Um, so that would kind of fit in. I mean, if he's not understood the extent of the injury, then maybe they can go back and look at it then. But to be honest, I haven't seen this rule written down properly, so I've no idea. Um, even sports scene last night, we're talking about going back and talking about things um, that had previously the referee been dealt with, and they didn't seem to understand why they can do it now. It's almost as if the rules changed midway through the season. Um, but if it is a case of not fully understanding exactly the, the situation, then they can go back and review it. Then maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I think I'm guessing at this point. But um, ah, it will be interesting to see what happens when they begin challenge. Um, don't think Butcher's going to be appealing us. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, considering Robin Nielsen came out straight away and said that was a definite red card, I don't think they'll waste their time in wasting a thousand pound um putting in that appeal and then having Butcher suspended for an extra game for the cheek to appeal it. Um so it's quite nice having a football team with integrity not to contest a red card <laughs> decision that was obvious, isn't it? Wait a minute, what Aberdeen? I'll be honest, I was very surprised that McKenna's uh, red card wasn't appealed because I thought they would have used them in the, the game against Queen of the South because if he'd appealed that on the Friday instead of doing it on the Thursday then maybe he would have been held today, Monday. Um, but no, I mean, Aberdeen just took it and, and yeah. went with it and as we'll come on to later on, it was, was no harm done. Well, yeah. we'll see because he's still just ready for our two games. Yeah, he was, um, actually, on, on that note, I was looking this up earlier um, because... There was a few things I noticed there were actually, and I was looking at the, the disciplinary record on the SFA website uh, and trying to understand exactly which games Morelos is going to be suspended for. Um, and it wasn't listed on it, I think it must have been produced while his appeal was still being held. Uh, but the the similar thing would be uh, McKenna, and it lists his as being two games immediate, plus one more in the league after the 20th of February. Now, if Morelos gets exactly the same thing, then he's banned for Kamarnock at the the cup game that's just been, he's banned for the St. Johnson League game, he's then back to play the Commander replay, and then suspended for the Hamilton League game. That's correct, yep. That's a, a nice little twist, I think. Yeah. Aye, that'll add space to that replay, him being back, but um, going back to the actual football, the St. Mundan United game, um, you predicted that Dundee United would come through, I, I wasn't surprising that he came through no technically they're the lower league team but um, Robin Nielsen signed very well in January and first half they just tore St Murn apart St Murn defended very poorly um, got the two goals second goal was very well taken by Nicky Clark and then St Murn get back into the second half um, but didn't do enough in the end but I think United deserve to come through that yeah, I think, I mean, we've talked all season about how bad St Martin are and whether they can turn it around with a January transfer window and we just haven't really seen too much evidence of that. But I think they have come against a, a very good United side now and I think um, the rest of the, the season in the Championship is going to be very interesting to see what United can do because, I mean, the, the favourites still appear to be Ross County um, and obviously there's, there's United in there as well. Uh, but Air United do seem to be slipping away a bit. Ross County are... Still there. Dunn United have got a, a six-point gap they need to make up in Ross County. Yeah, six-point gap. Um, they have the, the, the... They look like they have the, the squad that could do that, given the, the signings that they've made in January himself. Because um, that's effectively a, a, a premiership side now. They, they would have, I wouldn't be surprised if they get promoted and wouldn't have to do too much to that team to, to compete. So, but again, they're a long way from that. They've got they need to make up that ground in Ross County or get through the playoffs. Dundee United, I think, would be any of the teams that would make the play- I mean, I think Aki's and, and St Mirren will be the bottom two. 
think Dundee have just got enough quality to, well, when I say quality, better quality than the other two teams to kind of pull away. But, yeah, I think Dundee United, you'd have to fancy them in any playoff if they got there. Yeah, and I think from a, from a selling the, the game perspective, we want Dundee to stay up if Dundee United are coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, uh, you were talking about people not knowing rules, and John made the, this point that sometimes referees don't know the rules. Um, in the East Five Party Thistle game, um, there was an incident where the goalkeeper kicked the back pass, <laughs> it then spins in the end, comes right back to him, and he catches it, and the referee gives an indirect free kick. <laughs> Is that the correct decision? <laughs> Is it not? Is it not that the goal kick should be retaken? Yes. That wasn't the, the goal, goal kick. kick the, the goal kick hasn't been touched outside the box, so yeah. I think the goal kick has to be retaken. But it wasn't a goal kick. kick. It was a pass back from the. Was it a pass back? Yeah. Oh no, he's right there mm-hmm. because he's put the ball down, kicked it, and then picked it up again. So indirect free kick is the correct decision. <laughs> because he kicks it from he kicks from the initial you know pass back, but um, it obviously spins Personally. back and comes back to him. Personally, oh, right. I would I understand now. Yeah, I would suggest a bit of common sense was needed there because that the conditions were ridiculous on Saturday. So much so their growth game lasted about four minutes. They had a, a goal kick that went out for a corner. <laughs> got abandoned. Um, so yeah, the the weather up the the kind of East Coast of Scotland was not the best. So I'm not surprised these five was was given they play metal um, was uh, having similar problems. <laughs> But uh, I, I, a bit of common sense would have done there. I would have let that go. That's not the rules, though. <laughs> Referees should be allowed to interpret the rules as appropriate. And I well, think they certainly do it in certain, for certain teams in the league I'm this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going all out tonight. I've, I've decided I'm going for it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I think just hold your water now because there's another Saturday okay. game. Um, right, right, cover. okay, I'll get myself. Aye. Yeah, there was a, the 3-1 win for Hibs against the Rovers at Easter Road. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think the, the goal they conceded will probably disappoint you with, given it was a, a relatively easy header. But um, yeah, Hibs did the job that they needed to do, so off race Rovers and... Uh, there was that run of um, a few se- a few seasons in a row where the team that knocked race overs out went on to win the cup. So Hibs will be hoping they can restore that because mm-hmm. I think Hibs were the last one to benefit from it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's just a a routine win. I think it's the same for Partick. So they got the job done. They're in the last eight. So um, yeah, I mean of the of the four games that took place on Saturday, the only thing that could possibly Considered the shot was done the United, and I don't think any of us see that as a shot because we all missed it in uh, last week's podcast and even the mid podcast that you mentioned as well. So, um, so there was a three o'clock, that was the three three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, there was also one at the was it five fifteen, the Saturday evening kickoff. Yes, uh, the tie of the round, which didn't prove to be the tie of the round. Oh, it proved to be the goalless round. <laughs> um, and then that kick in the head. Oh dear I, me! <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a limb here. I don't think that's a red card. Oh. Um, I think it's um, yeah. <laughs> Alan Power, when the ball's coming, eyes fixating the balls, got his leg up essentially to trap the ball, and it's actually Ryan Jack that motions towards him in terms of going in to win the header. It's one of these 
unfortunate incidents, but in no way whatsoever is it, you know, if I put my leg up in there and someone runs into it and heads it, heads the bottom of my studs, I can't then be liable for for being set off for it. So Ryan Jack should be set off for headbutting arm power studs. I think Ryan Jack, hold on, Ryan Jack was the one that committed dangerous, dangerous play there. Because he should not have been going in his head when somebody's boots in there. So that's uh, I'm going. I'm going to give you an instant to compare because I remember um, what your reaction was when this happens. Remember the instant when Nani um, did the same thing against Real Madrid. It might. I can't remember if it was Xabi Alonso or or I can't remember the player, but it was pretty much the same thing, and Nani gets sent off. Yeah. And what did I say at the time? I think you said that was a red card for Nani for dangerous play. <laughs> Do you know the only incident that I keep thinking of was actually it was Manny against Ederson and Manny's gone in purely, you know, he's running through on the Man City goal and he tries to just nick the ball past Ederson and he kicks him in the head and I remember Manny getting sent off at the time and I couldn't believe that he'd been sent off for it and then on Twitter later on you seen Ederson posted pictures of his face and afterwards I was like yeah yeah I suppose that that is a sending off. I want to see pictures of Ryan Jack's face. I don't want to see pictures of Ryan Jack's face. <laughs> okay but I suppose yeah yeah. The incident I'm reminded of is when Bart Simpson is swinging his arms and saying I'm going to be doing this and if you happen to walk into my fists that's your problem. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> a valid point. Yeah, um, I'd seen. I'd put something up in, in you know, uh, Twitter about it once my account got reactivated uh, after my short term ban, and it was uh, basically along the lines of everybody knows that to kill a zombie you need to bash it in the head. So, I think Alan Power was just doing his bit there. <laughs> <laughs> the impartial Scottish football porn podcast. <laughs> um. So, there was other right. incidents in this. Uh, Rangers had a penalty. That was the first time we've said <laughs> <Really>? that this season. <laughs> but, uh, to I be fair, it's the first time Saturday. Saturday. I think this was a pretty stonewall penalty. Yeah. Um, we had... At, at, the time, at the time, I didn't actually think it was, but having to see that again, it was... I have no idea what he was trying to do. It was a very good save, to be fair, <laughs> they brought it. I'd, yeah. <laughs> It was almost as good a save as the penalty. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. But I think, I, to be honest, I don't think Tavernier drawing it down the middle was going to work too well. Um, so I'm not fairly surprised that that was saved. Um, I think the other incident when Defoe fell down with nobody near him whatsoever just is starting to be a pattern for Defoe. Yeah. Um, I don't, don't think he doesn't claim for it is going to give him much um, you, credit. He was anticipating contact though, Chris, we've established that. Tells you in contact with what the fake grass. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, I think that was after after what happened against St Mirren. Um, I was surprised, you know, to see you know to see the foe do that. Um, it was something that wasn't mentioned by you know afterwards in the the game. I never heard anybody else mention it. it wasn't mentioned in sports scene. They never mentioned it at all. Um, it's a blatant dive. He's actually tried to kick his leg out. As I think it's his right leg. He tries to kick out and hit Broadfoot. Then when he falls over, he holds his left foot, which I thought was you should watch it again. It's it's 
Uh, it's an art, but um, I'm glad he came out last week and said that he doesn't like diving because it's cheating. Because I'd have hated to have seen him endorsing it before that game. Yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty bad. Other than these instances, I'm struggling to think of anything else that happened in this game. There was a still world chance, yeah. chance, which yeah. he should score or at least make. Um, Backman work, but he heads it well and through the wideways um, with just a dreadful header. Um, but other than yeah, that, was that, much... was that bad? I forgot about it. I mean, they just did clear one off the line, but it was never really that much. Mm-hmm. Wait, there was never a come on up by my split the foot through it. I'm pretty sure Malumbu yeah. handled it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Got away with that. Yeah, uh, it was. It was the game actually started off quite good, you know, penalty saves and things, and you think this is going to be a cracking cup tie, but it just. It just kind of faded out. I think both teams just cancelled each other out. And then it got to the maybe the last 15 minutes of the game, 20 minutes. And I think both teams just... Nobody's want to take that chance because they're frightened of losing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm disappointed. I feel that the best chance we had of, of going through, we had to beat Rangers when they didn't have Morelos um, at Rugby Park. Going back to Ibrox now with Morelos and, and whatever... Um, I think Rangers will be strong, strong favourites for that. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility to get a result. I mean, you won there last season um, when Boyd scored, and you got a nice wee draw earlier in the season as well. So, yeah, you're capable of getting the result, but it is going to be tough. There's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, and you'll need to make sure you win it in 90 or 120 minutes, because if it goes to penalties, you know they've had that much practice. Well, well Tavernier can't take them all, to be fair. That's true, that's true. Big Dan Backman, though, I'd fancy him in a penalty shootout with anyone, to be fair. Well, you need to hope Al McGregor is missing, then. After he has died as well. Um, is it I not league games he might be banned for? Um, it, oh, who knows? It'll be two games, I think. But uh, it might be league games, that, or it might be any games. That's if, but then again, Rangers still appeal that, and they might, he might get off with that. Um, because according to Gary McAllister, it's natural for a goalkeeper to protect himself with his foot, curl himself up into a ball. I don't know how many balls have a um, big boot with studs sticking out it, but uh, maybe that's what made him miss the penalty in the year 96. He also said that Morelos was protecting himself when he stamped in somebody's boys, so, you know, that's the kind of... Where was the foot supposed to go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not not on uh, McKenna, ideally. Yeah, he could have went to the side of McKenna, but um, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much covered off last week, and um, yeah, it was it was their turn to do the SFA um, conspiracy act. Um, it's someone else's turn next week, probably one of our teams, Allo. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure out how you can get about eight penalties in the space of five days, and then sing. If the SFA kind of thing, I'm just not really understanding how that works. But <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. But the only problem I've got with McGregor being cited for that challenge in Ferguson is uh, they're going to use that defence of him, like the leg coming up in the middle of him sliding in to uh, catch the ball. Um, which, okay, maybe. I don't think the leg should be coming up like that, but yeah. I can see that being a defence to use. Um, I'm still confused as to why he never got pulled up earlier in the season when he literally lashed it at Ayer, which wasn't mm-hmm. part of the same move. Yeah, <laughs> or, or it, just, it just sums up the inconsistencies all season. You know, yeah. we've had um, 
you know, kicks that have went unpunished. You know, we've had guys sent off um, for being 40 yards to go. We've had guys sent off for the Gary Dicker incident, which was uh, when he won the ball. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a dreadful season for um, referees, officials, and the um, the compliance officer. Um, but what, what I will say though about about that McGregor incident. I'll hold my hands up and say I'm not I'm not convinced it's a red card. And then I kind of in real time when I seen it, I thought that the way he came out was the way that a keeper come out. If you look at Daniel Backman, the penalty he gives away against Dundee, he does exactly the same thing on um oh, what's his name? Kenny Miller. Kenny Miller. It's the same kind of thing where you're coming out for the ball but their legs are out in front of them kinda of, and it wasn't until I seen a still image of it and I thought that's exactly the same thing that, that McGregor done. Um I'm not a keeper, so I don't I don't know. I think diving out with your hands and your head at someone's feet or if you've got the opportunity to almost put your legs out first, I'd imagine that if I was a keeper that's the way I would have gone out for for any of those kind of balls. Well, agree to disagree. You just can't have your foot up as high. I mean, you can have your. I mean, I suppose you can have if your feet are on the floor when you're coming out um, first like that. Then it's maybe understandable. But his foot was high, shin high, and if that's anywhere yeah. else in the football pitch, it's a, um, it's a red card offence. I mean, well, no, you're saying that, Scott Brown got off with one in the in the and and that for me that was wild uncontrolled and that was high and I don't even know if he got booked in that game. Um, so that just I, that, sums up the inconsistencies. A, I oh, no absolutely 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 agree with you. Um, it's not so much the inconsistencies at the time; it's the compliance officer then retrospectively looking at one decision and going, "That's a red. That person's getting cited. That's a three-game yeah. ban." And then saying that isn't so. For instance, if we go back to Morelos and McKenna again, stamping on someone, that's a red card and a three-game ban. However, the same kind of incidents took place in the last Old Firm game, yeah. and that wasn't even a booking. Now, that's this is where the problem comes. How can the same person, if it is the same person, look at these incidents in isolation and say one merits a red and one doesn't merit any action? Yeah, I think, they, I think in those cases, that was just John Beaton saying he'd seen it. Yeah. Again, that goes back to well, you've seen those ones people are getting injured, so how is it not a. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not understood the situation properly. It's like, why can't we go and view that one? It's just that's mm-hmm. there's just too many inconsistencies, not enough understanding, yeah, not enough transparency, and nobody's even bothering about trying to explain it to everybody. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, um, but you're right. I mean, the, the the Scott Brown one and the Hibs game was a far worse challenge than the Simonovic one, um, and that was the one that the compliance officer was looking at, and he decided, or, sorry, she decided that the Simonovic one wasn't worth. Uh, taking any further mm-hmm. for me Scott Brown is a really bad challenge um, Shemilovic was but he kind of led with the arm and I've seen a few people suggesting that there's nothing wrong with that for me we used to moan all the time about the likes of Lee McCulloch leading everywhere with his elbows mm-hmm. um, Shemilovic seems to be quite similar in that manner I don't think yeah. he's does it quite as often, but it's not the first time I've been worrying about his arms flying about. And he did get sent off at Ibrox last season mm-hmm. for his his arms, which was a far softer one than he done Ollie Shaw in midweek. Yeah, so I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, again, inconsistency. When, when's it okay to use your arms to muscle somebody off a ball? When's it not? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. 
So, yeah. shall we move on to the Sunday games? Yes, yes, yes. Right. So, um, we had the early kickoff in the Sunday game, which was Celtic against St. Johnson for the 800th time in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and this happened last season as well. We played Motherwell three times in a week. We played them in the Betfred Cup final and beat them 2 0. Uh, there was a draw at Fur Park, and then we just gubbed them in the third game at Celtic Park. And like for the first couple of games, St. Johnson have, have been quite difficult to break down. Uh, they both finished 2 0. It was a couple of goals straight after half time in the first game. It was a couple of goals towards the end of the game in the second game. And then we've got about thumped on 5 0. And, and like, it was just like Celtic got off to a flyer. Um, Scott Sinclair got an early goal, and I don't know why Burke didn't shoot, but fifth player will be fifth to get you get it in it. Um, and, and it just went on for there. We had a screamer for Scott Brown, which I thought was going to be the best goal of the round until we had another game later on. <laughs> um, Scott Sinclair eventually ended up with a hat track. We had um, James Forrest get the other goal of the game. So it was just like, James Forrest late scoring against St. Johnson. It was, I think St. Johnson just ran out of steam against Celtic. You've played the same team so many times in such a short space of time, they're going to start finding all the holes. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, I think one thing I think that's worth having. Highlighting in this game was the, the how good Ollie Burke was. He was like, his pace was scary at times in this game. One of the, the goals he had gave somebody about a five yard start and still beat him. Um, and I'm hoping that this run of games that Ollie Burke's getting is something he can carry into uh, Art McLeish's Scotland squad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's been looking very good. I mean, um, I, I know he did, the only thing that was missing for his game in, in Sunday was a goal. Um, yeah. The setup for Scott Sinclair's. Um, First and second wins was just terrific um, burst of pace and great awareness um, to spot him. I think Xander Clark should do better with the first goal. Um, shouldn't be getting beat his near post like that. Um, but going back to Burt, yeah, but a situation where Scotland need more um, front men. Burt's turned himself into a good, good enough striker. Um, you know, he pushes way in. That's quite especially the fact that Griffiths is obviously still out indefinitely. Oh. Yeah, I mean the slight concern is he went off in this game might have been a slight niggle of injury mm-hmm. but they're still talking about maybe being part of the, the Valencia game on Thursday night so it's mm-hmm. um, clear not too bad if they're talking about him playing in the very next game so we shall see Was that but, not I Scott Brown's first goal sorry um, was that not Scott Brown's first goal for two years since he scored a scheme against Calafas on that same top corner but except it's a good bit further out Almost exactly two years yeah it was almost exactly two years it was in that same top corner um, I don't think he was further out this time though. <laughs> did Did St Johnson have any? Have they had got any injury doubts or anything or players that were missing at this uh, moment in time? Because they've hit, I think they've lost the last four games or something. Losing at Hamilton Ackies and stuff isn't isn't great considering their early season form. And I just wondered if if it's down to just bodies been missing because the one thing about St Johnson is they always have a small squad they get good quality players in but out with the kind of starting maybe the starting lineup, maybe the top 16 players there's not really a lot of other you know quality players to come in I just wonder if, if, if maybe there's been you know some injuries there I've, I've not really seen much in the way of injuries for St Johnson but I, I, wonder, I wonder if it's just the fixture list has screwed them because they were on this great run went to one winning games and not conceding goals and then they've hit Celtic three times in quick succession yeah. uh, and it's just, that must be demoralising because when you add it all together it's a, it's a 9-0 in Celtic's favour um, I know some teams can do 9-0 in one game sorry John um, but I mean that's nine goals conceded and, and then 
scores yourself it's just it, it must be demoralising for them yeah. and I think obviously they've played Hamilton in the middle of that and, and they've lost that one as well so it'll be in, now that they can put it all behind them and they can concentrate in the league because Cup's going it'll be interesting what they do in the next game um, but they're, going, they're effectively now having to start again having had that great run yeah, it's been five defeats in a row. Um, the Oakland Tishers they started with that defeat at Tynecastle. Um, they've actually had four away games out of that five-game run. Now, that that's not an easy run. But then St Johnston had the best away, one of the best yeah. away records in the yeah, league up did. until that point. So it's it, as demoralised. Yeah. You're playing Celtic three times, and um, you know Celtic have obviously since they've come back for the winter break have just started like a house in fire. You know they're scoring goals for fun. They've not conceded one at all. Um, they're just hitting form at the right time. Will they do that against Valencia? That's another trick, but I think they would, <laughs> I think they would take a 1-0, let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough game, isn't it, Valencia? Mm-hmm. Well, they were, they were two off against Barcelona at the weekend, so yeah. uh, I mean, they, they, they came back to be a two each, but um, even still, it's, a, it's another uh, level playing the likes of Valencia. I mean, there's all sorts of stats more important for next week, but I mean, Celtic have never won in Spain. Um, so there are things like that that's just counting against us so if Celtic have to stand any chance of getting through that tie you think they need to do something um, on Thursday night yeah. uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask even though I mean, Valencia have had a, a pretty poor season by their standards but they've been coming on to a game recently um, so maybe Celtic get them just at the wrong time unfortunately yeah, they've had a lot of draws looking at the league table um, they've had 13 most draws. of them at the start of the season uh-huh. yeah, they've had something like 7 out of their first 9 or something like that were draws Mm-hmm. So it's, it, a lot of that would have come at the start of the season, but they have been hitting a bit of form recently. Yeah. So, yeah, just four defeats. Yeah, they're a, they're going to be a tough nut for these to crack. But um, yeah. yeah, good luck. But yeah, it was. I mean, it was job done um, into the the last day of the the cup for for Celtic. The, the dream of a, a third consecutive treble still on. Did you see Alan McCoy's in pre- um, the clip of Alan McCoy's in Premier Sports beforehand, begrudgingly wishing you all the best to? Beat the record of the most cut ones. Well, yeah, I, I <laughs> to be fair, he said it in good jest. Um, because yeah, uh, just a, a, a little comment on that. Um, I, I read this start as the game was happening that this was Celtic's twenty fourth. Uh, well, they were heading for the twenty fourth victory in the, the cup consecutively, and it was going to set a new Scottish record, um, beating Walter Smith so I went back and checked it, and my first glimpse of it was actually Walter Smith side had done 24 as well, but when I looked into it in more detail, the 24th tie that they won which took them through to the Scottish Cup final in 1994, which they then lost in the United was a replay Yeah. so the first game was nothing each so the 24th game that they played in there was a, was a draw, and that broke the run of, of victory, so the, the 24 wins that Celtic have had uh, is actually the new record, so and obviously going and now attempt to make it twenty five in the next round. Yeah, uh, they beat Kilmarnock in a, a replay. That was when Kilmarnock came back into the Premier League yeah. and have been there ever since. Yeah, I had yes, a lot. They have. <laughs> yeah, the, the the late great Tommy Burns, mm-hmm. manager at the time. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I, I had a look at the, the kind of the fixtures, and it's amazing how many times Rangers in that run played Dumbarton. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's funny. There's a lot of quirks like that. I mean, obviously, like the like they played Aberdeen a lot in this run, and they played Motherwell because they keep meeting, keep meeting the finals. Um, but yeah. I mean, like, there's things in there like. Um, 
But as That's Aberdeen it. getting beaten finals off the two of them, aye. Aye, well there is that as well. I think that was one. Of, that was one of the little quirks that Rangers had because I think one of the finals that they played against Aberdeen went to extra time. Yeah, nineteen eighty two Skull Cup final. That was when yep. Gary Smith scored a diving head in on goal. Yeah, yeah so we were that, unlucky that, that final. That went extra time, and then there was another. There's a quarter final against Aberdeen, but also went to extra time the yeah. following season, like 93 94. Yeah, the League Cup quarter final. Yeah, Ian Ferguson scored the winner. Yeah, whereas, I mean, Celtic, it's, it's a clean record. It's just 90 minute victories all the time. The last time Celtic had a cup tie that was more than 90 minutes was the, the Scottish Cup semi final and they lost the Rangers and penalties. And that was the, the last time that they lost a cup game. Yeah. Technically lost a cup tie, they didn't lose the game. The game very strange. Um so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much more um Celtic can extend that record. Uh, we'll come on to the draw, which just happened recently. Um we, we finished talking about the rest of the Aye. Nice. Um because there was two uh, well it's a three o'clock tie, Castle which uh, unfortunately it would have been good if John could have come on here because he was at the game. Um, it was the, the, the end of the fairy tale for Auckland Lake for another season. Um, and uh, it, they gave a good account of themselves. I mean, they could have done what conceded an early goal, probably. Yeah. But um, I were professional, did the job you'd expect them to do. It was a lot more clinical than the, the, the previous visit that Auckland Lake Talbot had to mm-hmm. the castle. Um, but Talbot had their chances. Um I forget what his first name is. Glasgow. Somebody Glasgow. Is it Jamie Glasgow? I think it's Jamie Glasgow, yeah. John will shoot me for getting that wrong now. <laughs> um, but aye, he had he had a cracking chance in the first half where he tried to chip the ball into net um, and, and it was off target because the goalkeeper was nowhere. He was getting done. Um, that would have been something to tell the grandchild. He uh, had another chance in the second half. He couldn't hit the target with that either, but the, the, the lob for me was the one that, that was the, the real kicker. I think he'll be he'll be kicking himself for not hitting the target with that one, I think. What was the score at that point? Was Because I've only seen the goals from that game. I think it was it was either. There might have been 2-0 at that point. Right. Or, you get back 2-1, you know, you're done with. Suddenly I'm a bit of a shout, but... Yeah. Um, no, I think the Hearts pretty much in control of this game from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um... Was it even was it even two now? I don't know, but Hearts um, it was just a professional performance, as you say. Got yeah. the early goal and it just settled the nerves, and they just uh, yeah, it was a pretty comfortable victory. But for Rockin' Lake, this was a you know a great moment for them, just getting this far. I think it's the first time a junior side has reached the last sixteen Scottish Cup, so um, yeah. terrific achievement. And had they won at Tyne Castle, that would have just eclipsed every single Scottish Junior Cup victory they'd ever had, and there've been a lot of them. Um, but they obviously weren't able to do it. But congratulations to them and their run and a good crowd that they took two and a half thousand uh, Tyne Castle. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, a cracking turnout. They were saying it was somewhat. Two, two, two and a half thousand and then there's only about three thousand in the village <laughs> um, so aye it's, it's not a bad turnout for a for a, a little yes, a village but um, aye I mean I, I will not be surprised if I can tell but I'm back in these stages again next season um, they're making a bit of a habit of it they're by far the best junior team I think in Scotland by by a distance so I would love to see I understand the reason why they don't want to go professional or anything but I'd love to see some of these teams uh, in the professional setup. I think they'd add so much in, in terms of 
you know the players that they've got and you know some of the results they've had has been outstanding. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the the, the one over here United is going to be the the talk of this season's Scottish Cup, and then what, as far as, as cup shocks go, there's like, like you can rhyme off cup shocks. Um, some of the, the bigger names you've obviously got Inverness and Berwick Rangers and Hamilton Rackies, I think it was a Scottish Cup as well. Um, and Clyde and well, that's, I mean that's just teams that beat Celtic or Rangers. You're, you're looking at like other massive cup shocks like Billy Dodge mentioned one that he played in. Yeah, uh, <laughs> try not to mention that too much. Ah, uh, he's been mentioned enough already because he's played <laughs> this weird one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny Aberdeen are going through the the, the kind of the old hats of the the cup shocks in this one because uh, we'll go on to the the Queensland game in a minute. But uh, there was obviously a 2008 game. Mm-hmm. There's been one since. There's now been two since, yeah. um, but every time you played them, it's going to be mentioned. It was quite. It was, I was watching the, the game tonight, the, the Highland Derby, and they mentioned when John Robertson was in charge of Inverness, um, the time they put Celtic out the cup, which is the the the, the cup shock that everybody forgets, yeah. um, because obviously the, there was the the Celtic Inverness game in, in 2000 when John Barnes was given the sack, but um, there was a very strange week for Celtic where they lost the League Cup to final to Rangers uh, on the Sunday. And then, uh, thanks to dodgy linesman, um, they chalked off a John Hartson goal that shouldn't have been chalked off. <laughs> Move on. Not, not, not that bad, but that was my first game between Celtic and Rangers that I was at, and I was in line with that linesman, so I could see perfectly well it was onside. Um, but they then went on to play Liverpool at Anfield the following Thursday, it would have been, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then went up to Inverness in the Scottish Cup and lost 1-0. <laughs> So it was a very strange week. Um, I think because Dennis that, got the goal that night. Yeah, Dennis Wynish, Yeah, it was. I think because Celtic went all the way to Seville that year, it's all it's pretty much forgotten for that reason yeah. alone. Um, whereas in 2000, when you lost, it was at Celtic Park. John Bars gets that. Celtic were woeful at that point um, uh, by their standards. So I think that's why. That's uh, yeah, bigger. I, I, I would I, actually argue the bigger Inverness victory against Celtic was when they did it in the Scottish Cup Semi Final 2015. Yeah, they had a bit of a hand in that one. Um, <laughs> for for me, the biggest cup shock that has been uh, issued to Celtic, if you don't count Arthurley in the 1800s, uh, is probably the Clyde one under yeah. uh, Gordon Strachan. I think that was a far bigger one because for me, Inverness have had always been this up and coming team. Um, when they beat us in 2000, I'd said that in about another five years they've been the top flight taking points off teams, and it was almost exactly five years after that they went to Ibrox and got a draw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, I was, I was out by about a month or something in that production. Um, whereas Clyde were a team on the slide, they were going like nowhere. Um, and for me, the other big shock that I remember seeing Celtic was when they lost to Morton in the League Cup, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and Morton got relegated from the championship that season. That's how bad Morton was. Yeah. But a, Kilmar- yeah. a, a future Kilmarnock player scored the first goal for um, Clyde in that game. Craig Bryson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a player. Yeah. Right. And do we remember who played at the back for Celtic that day? Yeah, <laughs> Raphael oh. Shite. No. <laughs> you missed, the, you missed the pun there. No, no yeah. it wasn't Raphael. It was Dewey. That's why yeah. Chris is Dewey, remember? And if I remember right, like, it was Roy Keane's debut. Yes. So yeah, it's... Uh, the thing is, I mean, you're talking about bad refereeing decisions. Um, despite the bad refereeing decisions that Clyde had with a couple yes. of good goals chopped off, they still they won that game. Yeah, we were, we were getting lucky at times in that game. It was ridiculous. Yeah. 
Um, it was. Let's say we've had Celtic Cup shots, we've had Rangers Cup shots. They're the ones that get mentioned because that's the big two. But there's always these other cup shots that you get, like Aberdeen have been in the end of some. And for me, Talbot beating the United is, is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, for the season. So. Aye, without a doubt. Um, but you know, moving on to our game, obviously the go um, two thousand eight. So I was going to be brought up, and I said this to yeah. join the podcast today. Aberdeen can beat Queens out in our five or ten Scottish Cup ties consecutively. It will, they will only ever talk about two thousand eight, and rightly so because that was a first division team getting to the first ever Scottish Cup final, beating us on the way. Um, so I watched the game with uh, one of my good my good mates Paul, who's a Queen of South fan, um, and. We bit apprehensive every time we play Queen of South in the, the first half. First half was a dreadful game. Queen of South defended well. Yeah. I think, our, you know, we brought back Stevie May in for McKenna. Um, but the worry, the problem with that was that Stevie May wants to play up front. Greg Stewart was playing the hole, and Gary McKay Stephen was somewhere in between. And the, the three of them at times got in each other's way. At half time, we brought in Elm again um, for me. It felt a week, but for me being the one to hold off, but I suppose it was the easy decision and it was the right decision because it just gave balance. McGinn the left, McKay Stephen the right, Stewart in the hole, and it made the difference. McGinn very well taking first goal. Um, although for a couple of minutes, Queen says got himself right back in it with without question the goal of the weekend. What a hit by yeah. Stephen Dobie, 38 for the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned the Scott Brown one earlier in the, the, the podcast here. I mean, Scott Brown's is a terrific strike. Um, I don't think Xander Clark stands any chance but it's not quite in the top corner the way this one is yeah. and he also adds in this run through to get in that position in the first place so yeah. for me yeah, Dolby takes it That's uh, he gets his strike of the weekend see even though he was about 30, 35 yards out whatever it was I was shouting at the like, um close him down because I could just see him hitting this and he's got previous yeah. for it and it's straight as an arrow just right into smack behind oh, the yeah. top corner it is I, an absolute peach when you look at the replay uh, and you actually look at the ball as it's travelling through there, the mm-hmm. ball actually although it's moving, the ball's no spinning, mm-hmm. it is it's proper, as clean a hit as you're, as you're likely to see at, at any level um, he could easily still be doing a job in the at a yeah. higher level than he's playing now, yeah. easily. Without doubt, I mean, I think um, there's a sponsor paying a big part of his wages there at Queer South, and he wants to be at Queer South because obviously that's where, um, after being released by Hibs, he spent a good chunk of his career and did very well and got his move to Swansea from there. And he always says he, he wanted to come back up and finish his career at Queer South and try and get them in the Premiership if he can. He's certainly doing his good bit um, trying to help him, so he's also stuck to his word and. He's doing an extremely good job, and without doubt, he would walk into a lot of um, team squads just now, especially in the bottom six. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like 38 is a, a terrific yeah. return for anybody in any league. Yeah. And he's obviously not done because there's still league games to play, so um, ah, it's, yeah. his, his goal score has been phenomenal this season, so uh, I don't care if he's playing at championship level. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Exactly. <laughs> Aye, so 60 minutes, Queen of South were very much in the game and frustrated us, but then I think we stepped it up and Constantine gets the um, the crucial second goal, um, making it 4-4 four and four for him against Queen of South in the four Scottish Cup ties he's played against them. Um, then 
then Sam then Sav Crosco scores again and then we get a penalty for absolutely nothing. Now luckily oh. it's luckily it's at a stage where it's three one, uh, games getting away for Queen of South, so it isn't um that big an issue. But it's I've it, you know, I was pretty raging at the decision and it was for our team. It was a terrible decision. Because Logan heads the ball onto the defender's belly and it bounces in the belly onto the arm. What part of that is intentional? It is a ridiculous well, even, decision. Even, even intentional stuck his belly anyway. That was as close as it comes to intentional. The hand has nothing to do with it. Yeah. See, even if it did just hit his hand, you see the distance that the ball travelled <laughs> from where the player was. So the distance it travelled, even if it hits his hand, can't be a penalty because he can't move his hand. Yeah. There was just nothing about that that was a penalty. Just nothing about it. But yeah. as you said, it didn't. It's, you know, it's not influenced the game in in, in any way. Because as you said, Aberdeen were, you know, when McGinn came on, it was just a different, a different level they went to. Um, so yeah, but we haven't really seen that kind of performance from McGinn since he came back to Aberdeen. But uh, he certainly put it in that on, on, on Sunday there. So that was he was definitely a difference. I think um, he is. An Even though he only played the second half, I'm not surprised he got man of the match. Yeah, he's an impact player these days, um, but he still has that bit of quality about him. Um, he's not as effective as he was like a couple of years ago when him and Johnny Hayes were flying down the ring. He's obviously a couple of years older now. And, um, but his set pieces have been decent this season rather than his work from open play, but he turned the game when we needed him and it's still just sort of have that kind of impact and yeah. help us through a tricky tie. I mean, you mentioned him there, but uh, a bit of an unsung hero for Sunday was Johnny Hayes as well. Uh, his, his run to set up the forest goal was terrific um, it, it, apparently it wasn't too great to start with um, again he was playing left back for, for um, Tierney and Izagiri but um, the run the, the, the run for forest goal was amazing so um, full credit to him for that it's, like, he's just given his all and the, the few chances he's getting at Celtic so Aye, and speaking of Hayes his former club were in action in this evening's game in Vanessa away to Ross County Highland Derby twice in front and they lost a goal in the last minute which means they're doing it all again a week on Tuesday yeah I mean I've, I'm very nice having a draw who'd have thought it <laughs> I know so they defended for the the last goal um, yeah. for Mullins goal there um, I think I heard them talking about it when I was watching it about why you're trying to play offside that late in the game but it wasn't just the fact they were playing offside I think they only had like two defenders back or something just one of these really really bizarre things where you're winning 2-1 in the 92nd minute of a game and it looked as if they were chasing the game Mm -hmm. Um, and it was up at the halfway line as well aye it was just everything about it looked you know was really stupid Mm. but I thought um the lad at Gardine up front, um, he looked absolutely brilliant. Looked like he was rolling back the clock a little bit. I always liked him when he was when he was at Kilmarnock. Didn't score a lot of goals, but he was he was a good footballer. You know, one of these guys, almost in a kind of David Fernandez kind of role where he doesn't score enough goals, but he's the type of player you want in your team because he's always working hard. He brings others into there. He's got a bit of creativity about him. Uh, I thought he was absolutely superb tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave him the probably Dodds gave him man a match. Um, probably, I think he was going to give it to Tremarco mm-hmm. um, before the, the the second equaliser. But uh, after that, it was no, I'm going to uh, guard line. And I think you're right; it was well deserved. He's, he, it's one of the. I mean, I've not seen too much of us getting this season, obviously, because I've won the championship. But mm-hmm. I mean, 
he's a, he's a product of Celtic's youth uh, going, going way back and I remember thinking he was, he was certainly one to keep an eye on but never quite worked out for him at Celtic but he seems to have, have certainly made a name for himself at, at, at Ross County on, on more than one spell there. I think he's a top goal scorer and top appearances as well is that the record I, I was hearing? I think he might be yeah today? yeah yeah, and, and again, uh, his performance tonight is certainly certainly County in that draw. Yeah. Nothing yeah. said Highland Derby like the boy Rooney that came on. <laughs> See when that guy Rooney came on with a big, huge ginger beard and the big, the big hairdo <laughs> and everything. I just, I just always thought to myself, I wonder if there's people down south watching this game that now they see him coming on. He just. He, had, he was an absolute disaster when he came on. Uh, I'm not sure if it was him that actually played played the lad on. Might have been. Was it, was it him that played the boy on side for the last goal or something? But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Is he any relation to Adam Rooney? I doubt it. No? <laughs> or Wayne Rooney? Well, they're, they're both ginger and have. You know, the same second name and come from the same kind of area up there, surely. <laughs> there must be some kind of relation to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam Rooney came from Ireland. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> I like where you're going with it, though. Did they clone him? It's going to be a clone. That's probably a thought. They cloned Adam Rooney made him a defender. <laughs> Is that where this boy played? <laughs> so sure that's here. Uh, so the, immediately after the the Highland Derby was finished, we had the the, the Scottish Cup quarter final draw, and you must have been delighted when Aberdeen's name was first out. You're thinking home tie, and then the second ball comes out. Kilmarnock <laughs> or Rangers? Well, I was I was watching it on the um, on the iPad and the BBC iPlayer, um, and. When I saw your text saying oof, I thought I'd better turn away from the phone to see what who we, what actually happened with the dresses even before Aberdeen came out. And I thought, is that going to be Celtic Rangers? And I saw Aberdeen came out, I thought, oh, please tell me it's not Celtic. And then it was Kilmarnock Rangers. Like, All right, okay. Because um, that's not much easier, obviously, but it's a diffi- it's going to be a difficult game, whoever we face. Um, though the games between Aberdeen and Kilmarnock have been very tight all season, um, as have the games with Rangers, but at least we've managed to beat them twice. Um, but I've written down um, as the draw was coming out I've written um, which channel I think they'll come on and there's no question that'll be in Premier Sports and yep. I wonder what the other Premier Sports choice will be I don't think it's going to be Dundee United versus Ross County and Inverness you know what that's probably the most interesting time because yeah. it's all championship I feel Aye. and it's a, it's, a, it's two teams that are near the top of the championship so um, I think whoever wins that Highland Derby is going to have a tough game at uh, Tannadice so that's that's definitely a game I want to see. I think um, they're all games. Well, yeah, I mean, Partick Thistle Hearts is probably the one I'm thinking, uh, well, Gary Caldwell going, uh, having to host Hearts, having been a former house player. Uh, nah, I don't really see anything other than Hearts victory there. Um, the other games are all really interesting because, again, Aberdeen, like you said, come on, I've given you a, a tough game. Um, you've beaten Rangers twice, but the last time they were it was a 4-2 game. Um, and you've obviously got Hibs versus Celtic now. Celtic are their favourites for the cup, but they're going to a venue where they've lost the last twice. Yeah, Brendan so, Rodgers hasn't won there. No, no, for two two defeats in a draw. So that's a, a very interesting one. It is worth noting that's two defeats in a draw against Neil Wenz. <laughs> now Hibs haven't quite named a new manager yet, have they? 
No, I think, I've not noticed. I think they're um, looking between Paul Heckenbottom and uh, Michael Appleton. I think that's the two um, who they're looking at. Some yeah, reports seem to point towards to Appleton. Yeah. yeah. So we shall see. I think um, the Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock Rangers. I think if you're a Rangers fan, Aberdeen fan, and a Kilmarnock fan, nobody's happy with that draw. No. There's no. Just, there is no one happy. And I would say as well, when you look at the Hibs Celtic one, Hibs fans will not be happy, but Celtic fans will be looking at that as going, if Hibs play anything like the standard that they can hit, it's definitely not a not an easy game. No. Um, it just Generally, I think the happiest people are the Thistle and Hearts ones. Because well, when not, you're talking Thistle, you're probably thinking, we don't know how much chance of getting beyond the quarterfinals, at least we've got home tie. Um, and we've got home tie against a decent opposition that might bring a crowd. So, mm-hmm. as good as they're getting. Hearts are looking at that going, yes, we've got the easiest game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think so. Yeah. But a wee start about the Scottish Cup draws um, because Aberdeen fans like to point out that oh, a typical Celtic Rangers getting home ties. This is um, out of the last nine Scottish Cup ties that we've had. Eight of them have been at home now. So we can't uh, really we, complain. <laughs> we had a very strange like kind of run uh, cup draws and like, over the like, couple Rangers of had a season where they just kept getting home ties no matter what trophy it was. For some mm-hmm. reason we kept getting away ties in the League Cup and home ties in the Scottish Cup. Um, it's not quite working out that way the last couple of seasons but there was certainly a run where the two cups depended whether we're home or away. Um, but yeah, that's the first time I, I, I remember has been away from home for a while so um, it's certainly a very tough venue. It's, it's, it's about as interesting a quarter cup final draw as it possibly could have been yeah. without without giving us a really what Celtic Rangers or something. But yeah, I think like we could have had an Edinburgh Derby at one point, but never got it. Um, yeah, you just know it's going to be a case of Aberdeen versus Commander Rangers in Premier Sports, Aberdeen versus Celtic in Premier Sports, and BBC get the other two. They get the other two, I think both. Yeah, they, they do. Both? Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Uh, it should be. On our, is that going to be on our new BBC channel? Actually, I think it is because I think that these ties are getting played the second of March or weekend second of March. Um, is it so the weekend the 9th? T- no, it says in the BBC website it's the weekend of the 2nd of March. So. Might be. Maybe they've changed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the new channel launches on the 26th of February or something. Um, so this, that channel will be in place for this one. And then maybe hopefully we'll be able to get games in HD, unlike tonight. <laughs> where I tried to put BBC 2 HD on and got something that was what, time of our lives or something. Nonsense, because it's <laughs> the UK broadcast of BBC Two, not the Scottish broadcast. Um, so yeah, we should finally get away from that nonsense. Yeah. Maybe we'll get sports in HD as well at six o'clock at night instead of having to wait until <laughs> after match of the day. How good did that be? I know. Ross County have a, another cup game to play this weekend um, on Friday. They play East Fife, who had a yes. hard trip at the, the same final. <laughs> What'd you say, Al? I was saying they had a bye. Oh, they had a bye, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that's in Albany Friday night. Um, and then the other semi final in that competition is Kona's Key Nomads versus Edinburgh City. Yeah. Hopefully, Edinburgh City won it. Yeah. And then there's league action at the weekend. Um, Aberdeen St Mirren 
Um, hopefully, should be a home win. Hibs versus Hamilton. Will Hibs have their new manager in charge, or will Eddie May reluctantly be manager again and delay Snip again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you would think Hibs will have their manager in place, but yeah. um, uh, the Rangers without Morelos have got St Johnson as well, and then on Sunday there's finally they have a tough game in 2019 because they're about to come on. That'll be interesting. That's just Celtic coming back from Europe. It, it maybe adds a little bit to it. Um, yep. I don't know. We've we've been all right against Celtic recently. Um, so I think that will be a tough game. But who knows? I'm hoping that we've got Brophy back and whatever else because we've looked toothless without. Yeah. You know about some of our players there, but I think they're all kind of coming back to fitness now, and they might have. You know some kind of team to put out unless Power gets cited Malumbu can't play um, and then again the middle of the middle of the park will be quite quite barren so who knows what will happen fingers crossed then <laughs> what a compliance officer <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right I mean the, 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 like, it's not so much certain away in Europe because they're at home but it's still a tough 90 minutes against a really good opposition uh, and come on I've got the rest of the week off so uh, they'll, be, they'll be very rare to go for that game. I, I don't think Celtic have won it at Rugby Park since um, Steve Clark has no, been in charge. So they have not. So, uh, I think, last, I think Celtic's only they've only won once against Kilmarnock since Clark's taken over. That was a five-one game earlier on this season. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Apart from that, um, I think it's the mental fatigue that you'd have from playing against Valencia, though. Yeah, I think so. Because because you cannot. It's not like playing against. You know, some of the teams in Scotland, when you can get away with Boyata standing in the ball or misplacing a back pass, and if you, this is the kind of stuff that for 90 minutes you have to properly watch every third man run or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And it is, it'll be, the players will be absolutely shattered after that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should point out, uh, Motherwell Parks is also earlier kick off on Sunday. Motherwell were an opportunity to kind of creep into that top six when mm-hmm. I was looking at it earlier on. They've came from from absolute. Remember, was it a couple of weeks back we were saying that Motherwell looked destined to finish ninth? I believe was yeah. one of the comments. Was <laughs> that was made. me saying that a lot. Yeah, they've now climbed themselves up to seventh, and they're only four behind St Johnson. So exactly, you know, and if so St Johnson don't get their act together, they could be falling out the top six. Mm-hmm. Which would be unbelievable considering the kind of starts both teams had, had had. I mean, I've known a lot of people that Motherwell fans that wanted rid of, rid of their manager because they felt he didn't know his correct formation, correct team. <laughs> um, so what a change that would be. Yeah, I mean, you just you, you go into the, the Premiership table on the BBC website and there's two teams with five wins out of five. It's Celtic and Motherwell. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, your, that's what the, the difference is. I mean, even what, Rangers are four out of five and... Uh, Aberdeen are three wins out of five, and then at the other end of the scale, you've got the teams that Motherwell have overtaken. You've got Livingston have won one, have drawn one and lost four. Hibs have won one and lost four. Um, Motherwell have moved away for Hamilton and Dundee and St. Martin, and their records are all over. <laughs> St. Martin's just got a, a huge red. just washed. Who was it that said that they felt that the St. Martin was it the other The other John it was, yeah. Yeah. What is what is he smoking, man? <laughs> I don't know, whatever lorry's been giving him. 
<laughs> Honest to goodness, he was on here telling us that St Mirren were going to claw their way back up and whatever else, and he thought that Owen Kearney was doing a good job and things. I just, wow, <laughs> no idea what's going on in that boy's, that boy's life just now. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I think Dundee could potentially pick up three points because Livingston's form's not been great. And, um, I know it's away from home, but they'll see that as an opportunity given the fact that Hamilton's away to Hibs, and they'll see that as an opportunity to try and get back to three points. Oh, so back level, back level. Sorry, you're saying that the now Hamilton away to Hibs. That's one of the games that Hibs, you yeah, know, that Hamilton will end up picking up points in. That's you know, true. just like one of these. Yeah games you just never expect it to happen mm-hmm. uh, although Brian Rice is off to a flyer 4 points from 6 aye he's doing alright so far um, I think, was that the game that what, I think that was the last decent game Hibs had in the league actually they, like, they thumped Hamilton uh, at Easter Road about 6-1 or something 6-0 and then they went on six a horrendous nil. run after that the, the international break uh, that was up aye because they played Celtic the next game because we beat St Johnson 6-0 the same weekend so the two teams went out to face each other, having won like, having each scored six, and then what I think it was four tours on themselves Celtic one, and yeah. then Hibs just collapsed after that. Yeah. So interesting if they can maybe turn their season around with that one, especially if they get a new manager in. Mm-hmm. Certainly a few interesting fixtures anyway coming up this weekend. Yeah. I noticed that Command and Celtic's a four o'clock kickoff. Um, you can tell that's because Sky um, don't it's FA Cup weekend and. I think it would have been picked up in a normal weekend anyway because it is by far the game of the weekend come on and sell it but um, it's just the fact it's a 4 o'clock click off it made, it made me chuckle thinking oh that's Sky's headline act because it's FA Cup weekend yeah is the the, the earlier game on Sky as no, well no it's on BT because um, I wonder why there was a difference oh, okay. in the um, the times because I thought Sky would have made this their weekend that they care about Scottish football um, yeah, but uh, they're just back to one game. BT got another one. Yeah. Well, well, at least we've got two games to watch. Assuming you've got both subscriptions. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> no. And like, I've got BT, not Sky, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even watch my game. But I think that's us for the the podcast. Unless we get anything else. I don't think so. No. 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 Nothing I want to add here. I've said all I need to say tonight. Save it for the after chat. <laughs> <laughs> the after chat is always better. Uh-huh. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, thanks to John and Alan for coming on tonight. Right. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, many thanks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>